the portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. The word of the Lord. I often, from this pulpit, quote one of my favorite authors, Frederick Buechner. He's a Presbyterian minister. He's written for 50 years. Among one of his chief gifts as a writer are these words, today is the last day of your life. The house is coming awake because you who are a part of the house are coming alive, and you will see this day as the first and the last and the most holy time. Whatever promises you have to keep, if you don't keep them today, they will never be kept. Whatever it is you are to say, if you do not say it today, it will never be said. And the people, the ones you love and the ones who bore you to death, whatever life you have in you to live with them, if you do not live that today, it will never be lived. This is the last day of your life because you will never see this day again. So be as alive in it as you can. I hope we catch the truth and power of those words. And at the same time, looking at the whole witness of Scripture, I hope we also understand that today is not the last day. That's becoming, I think, a more difficult thing to remember in a world of sweeping changes and wave after wave of anxiety. Hackers hold hospital records hostage this week. Who would think of that? North Korea rattles and rattles and rattles its nuclear saber. Not long ago in Seattle, a baseball fan's cremated ashes were dropped over a baseball park there by a low-flying airplane. The deceased, I guess, was a huge baseball fan, and he thought that was the way to go out. Except in this day of anxiety and preoccupation, it immediately prompted a bioterror scare, and alarms were sounded, And officials were notified and streets were closed off. It it paralyzed the whole city. We've seen so much. How could we not help but feel that the apocalypse is at hand? 
It's as much a part of our world these days that we don't even realize, I think, the impact of this skewed view of world history and this skewed view of wor the world's religions. Apocalyptic movements st stir up those who act in destruction believing that they will be rewarded with a heaven as perfect as the earth is flawed, that they will be rewarded with a heaven as full of peace and joy and life as they perceive the earth being filled with sorrow and violence and death. Ever since the very first atomic bomb went off, we've had a cloud of anxiety over our heads. End time, the end of the world has to be coming near. Look at all this. From Dr. Strangelove to fail-safe to the day after to the China Syndrome to Jurassic Park to the Matrix to 28 Days Later to The Walking Dead. The movies and shows which re reflect our cultural preoccupations have reflected our anxiety over this dystopian future, this fear of the apocalypse. Except anymore, all you have to do is read the headlines. We don't need some show to crank up our ap apocalyptic anxiety. Population experts keep saying, stop breeding the way the globe is breeding or it'll be doomsday. Environmental authorities say, they point to pollution and ozone depletion and, and they sound a constant alarm saying, unless we change our ways, it's doomsday. The auditors of our budget say, unless we learn how to live within our means, finally, you got it, it's doomsday. Auditors of our morals say that it's our souls that are bankrupt. And unless we change our morality, don't you know it's doomsday? All that before we even begin to think of a suitcase dirty bomb in Times Square, or the next hijacked airplane, or a melting ice cap, or a vial released on a subway. Doomsday. And if that's not enough, then the same seems to be talked about in terms of church, all, every day, all kinds of pro prognosticators and authors are saying that the era of Christendom is over. The age of Christianity is finished. And now we either come forth with some new, improved, new age brand of faith or it's doomsday. Or, on the other hand, the constant conversation is getting back to something. You know, getting back to church the way it used to be, or back to evangelism, or back to the Bible, or back to some, some sense of what God was doing 20, 30, 50, 100, 500 years ago, or else we're told it's doomsday. And every one of these is now or never, do or die. And we've gotten so used to this tension and anxiety, I don't think we even notice it most days. The late great Walker Percy, the brilliant Christian novelist, essayist, once said, as I look at our modern world with all its progress and innovation, with all its promise and striving, I am led to the question, why in the shadow of all this progress are modern human beings so sad? <sighs> now, over against all that, I want to place these very gentle, very simple words of Jesus who says, don't be worried about these things. 
with all these sweeping changes, all these doomsday predictions, all the news of the day and projections about tomorrow, all of this obvious judgment pouring in, and Jesus just stands up and says, don't be anxious. You know, don't be overwhelmed by all that. Whether this is doomsday or not is beyond our knowing, certainly beyond our control, surely beyond, not beyond our responsibility. God has all this in God's hands. And we are not to fret about it. Do not be anxious. What does Jesus mean? The only recurring dream I have, of which I'm aware anyway, is that of being in a car and I have to get somewhere but I can't remember where and time is running out and I can't see the road and there's oncoming traffic and I try to turn the wheel but the wheel comes off in my hands and I try to stop the car and I try to put on the brakes but the car just speeds up. Where do I have to be? How am I going to get there? There's nothing I can do. Everything is out of control. Over and over I have this dream. Okay, psychologists in the room, have a field day with that. <laughs> Talk about apocalyptic anxiety. But just know while I know you're laughing at that, I know that you're laughing at yourself. In one way or another, this gets to all of us. What all this really means, I think what is coming to the fore with how we are inundated with all the news of the day and predictions of tomorrow is really part of our lives that is not Christian. The great activist theologian of the last century, Reinhold Niebuhr, once wrote, for a Christian, there is nothing absolutely vital in any secular enterprise, endeavor, or cause. Nothing absolutely vital in anything that happens in terms of our time and our energy and our involvement. I don't like that. It is vital whether or not we do something about our planet. It is vital whether or not we get our population under control and care for all those people. It is vital that we get rid of destructive weapons and get our economics under control. It is vital that we amend our ways. I know it is. And if it doesn't happen, I know it's doomsday. There is nothing absolutely vital for the Christian in any secular concern. I think that's getting close to what Jesus meant when he said, do not be anxious. Don't be one of those panicked fanatics who believe that if their cause doesn't prevail, if their particular thing that they support and sponsor doesn't win the day, then all is lost and woe are we. If I catch anything about the tenor of Scripture, it tells us over and over and over again that the sands of God are not the same as the sands in the egg timer of the apocalyptic fanatic. It's not always one minute to midnight in the Bible. Every day is not the last day. The last things belong to God, and they are not ours to predict or to try to make them come to pass. It is ours to know that the last things are in God's hands, and therefore we need never burn the house down. We never need to ultimately despair. You know, Jesus, at the beginning of the Gospels, he went to his hometown to preach. 
He didn't get anywhere. They threw him out of town. And all the gospel record says is he didn't do anything there because of their unbelief. Oh, yes, he did. Jesus got up and walked away. He knew when to fold them as well as when to hold them. Jesus did not have to win them all. In fact, he didn't win very many. Woe to those. Maybe this is just a Midwest thing being brought up in the 60s and 70s, but woe to those of us who sports coach after sports coach would say, quoting Vince Lombardi, the former coach of the Green Bay Packers, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. No, that's wrong. That is so wrong. That is so far away from the gospel. Live your life under the credo that winning is the only thing and you'll end up as David Koresh in Waco saying that you're Jesus Christ and then you'll incinerate the compound. Or you'll end up like Timothy McVeigh in Oklahoma City, sure that collateral damage of children and men and women is just the price to be paid. Or you'll join Eric Harris or Dylan Klebold in Columbine. Or you'll get some poor lost soul to strap explosives to themselves. Or you'll send more tanks into some desolate camp to flatten body and soul. And one way or another, you'll burn yourself up consumed by anxiety. Every day is not the last day in God's world. You don't know, I don't know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Do what you can today. The gospel says over and over, do what you can today and keep going. That's what it means not to be anxious. I think this is the kind of vision for which we need to look for in the church especially. Especially in the church, but also for every corner where people are starved for meaning. The church really needs people who know enough to know that we really don't know at all. And that we don't see the way completely this side of paradise but we don't have to see the whole way. We have to know just enough vision to trust God and know that our vision is incomplete. There was a president in a small college out west who said that every year when she was president, she would put out one or two mandates that she knew that the students and faculty would just not go for at all. She thought they were okay mandates, but she knew from the moment she sent them out, they would not fly. She, she said she did that so that a couple weeks later she could send out another communication to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Now that sounds like a game, but her point was to let people around her know that her opinion isn't the only opinion and that the way I see things isn't the only way to see it. You know, many people remember Harry Truman as feisty. But one day, Truman, as president, remarked, judge me by the places I will take a stand. You will not find many, because there are not many things on which I will dig in and fight. I find it hard to believe that my opponents actually know less than I do. But, but this isn't just politics or strategy. I'm not sure on any given day what we can do about bioterror or, or refugee camps or suicide bombers or 
climate change or and, and, and. We know the list. I do know that we have a profound opportunity in how we view our life and the world today. And we need a worldview that is shaped by a faith view that every day is not the last day. And every conflict is not the one and only conflict. And every cause is not the one and only cause. And every passage is not the last passage of your life. And I can hardly believe I'm saying this. I know how it sounds. As if we're not willing to stand up and fight for something and die for it. But neither was Jesus. Not all the time. Jesus only went to Jerusalem one time. And for one reason, but because he trusted God with the future. The point is that the righteousness of God by which our wins, every bit as much as our defeats, are transformed into something holy by God and something beyond ourselves and our concerns. How do we know the end of victory? It may be defeat. How do we know the end of defeat? It may be victory. All we can do is to be responsible to the truth as God lights our way, knowing all the while that we don't see it all and never will this side of paradise. So today, today is a new day. And if there are promises to keep, unless you keep them today, they won't be kept. And if there is anything we have to say to someone, unless we say it today, it'll never be said. And there are people with whom we have to live, those we love and those who drive us crazy. And either we live with all of them today, with all that is within us, or we'll never live it. But in the midst of all this, the one thing Jesus urges us, commands us, calls us to is never to be anxious. Those who, when they don't get their way, burn the house down. God's will, God's intention for us, God's promise of peace and justice and love and hope ultimately will be done. That's why we gather here, resting on that promise. That's the gift of the promise God has given us I also think that may be the steepest challenge we've ever been given in our lives, to live in this world at this time in this church and banish anxiety. And in the meantime, it's ours to be open to God's ever-renewing spirit as those who know the peace that comes from trusting the promise that with God... Every day is not the last day.